I was studying and wondering what would be a good title and what would be a good topic and how do I put things into the topic. I came up with Hope Thou in God as a title, Hope Thou in God. We've got so many problems around about us that we need a stable point to fasten ourselves to and to know that it's going to be okay. We need that hope. Um, we need a, in our hope, we're thinking about how much we honor the Heavenly Father by having hope or obtaining our own hope. We need to obey the Lord, the Lord, Heavenly Father, obey Him. And we need to be praising the Lord. Sometimes we forget. I, I, I was bad at that. I would forget to praise. So sometimes my sermons were, give me, give me, give me. Uh, we need to remember to praise. <laughs> to praise the Lord for all the good things that happen around about us. I was even able to walk out here this morning and pick up a piece of snow and felt so good that I could handle it and it was so nice and cold. Uh, we need to praise God for the snow. There's scriptures like that, isn't there? About the marvels and the wonders in the snow. Oh, yeah. Um, so lots of praise. And to be sure to endure. Endure until the end and so on, to endure for the Lord. So I'd like to go to uh, Psalm 42 and verse 5 as a key verse. But then I actually want to read all of, of uh, chapter 42. It's short. And uh, so turn with me to Psalm 42. Keep an eye over here, but this, uh, this one I did not bring up over there on, this, on my laptop. So turn to Psalm 42. It's 11 verses, but it goes very nicely. As the heart panteth after water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. I did a lot of deer hunting from fairly young age. I was not legally able to carry the rifle when I went. And first I carried a 22, which was illegal <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> but uh, I was out there at least and didn't feel scared of the wilderness that I was in. And a year or two went by before I was able to carry the full rifle. And of course my daddy never uh, uh, taught me of what it was going to be like. So you're kind of fearful and he said, shoot into a big stump when you get up there. And I had to lean back and hang on to that thing like it was going to jump out of my arms and fired it off. Now this is nothing I could fire from the hip. <laughs> it was an old faithful 3855 with a rainbow trajectory. <laughs> but I did shoot deer with it and later got a better one. So I knew a lot about the deer and I'm going to drink at the little water here and little water there, little pools or little lakes, tiny lakes. And uh, so I could relate with this quite easily, this, this heart, a deer, little deer that would be panting after water to look for them, find this brook. And he, God is saying, I wish you would do that with me. Does our soul linger and desire the Heavenly Father and desire to be near Him, to know where He's working, go where He's working and get to know Him, love Him? So David wrote again, My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God, which shall, uh, 
which shall come and appear. When shall I come? When shall I come? He's wanting it so badly, he's trying to um, ask, when do I get to go? It's like when you're going to church. When do I get to go to church? When's the snow going to subside? When's this going to happen? When can I get there? When can I appear before God? Well, we know God doesn't live in the building when we're not here. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he's here with us when we're here. Otherwise, there's no reason for the Holy Spirit to be here other than a protection of this building. The Heavenly Father protecting this building. But we should want to come and appear before God, come to where worship is being had. Verse 3. My tears, do we often have tears when we think about the Heavenly Father and about our love for Him and how much we'd like to be there and the sadness of not being able to? My tears have been my meat daily and night, day and night. It says meat. It's like it it happens so often or when I'm hungry, when I'm panting after God. This is one of my main parts of the day that I have tears in my eyes for not being able to be there while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? This is other people saying to him, you don't have your God with you. You've got tears because you don't have God. God's leaving you alone. You're lonely because God has left you. No, it's not that way at all. Where is thy God? Can you think of Jesus on the cross? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's not... That was pain crying out. That was loneliness and difficulties crying out. That was not what Jesus really believed. And yet he knew that Jesus was there on the cross holding the sin of the world on him and the Father could not look at sin. That must have been sad. Jesus knew, I'm I'm here. You know, I want God to be with me. Verse 4. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, and, uh, pardon me, um, house of God, uh, with the voice of joy and praise, and a multitude that kept holy day. This caught me. I wanted to know where else Holy Day was used in the Scripture in this way. You can look up that spelling where the two words are together or you can separate the words. Interesting study in the Scripture. He wanted to go on the Sabbath day, on a Holy Day. He wanted to go and be with the people that were at church, the multitude that was there. It was going to give him joy and then he could give joy and praise to the Heavenly Father in the house of God. Verse 5, why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And when he thought back, he said, soul, why are you sad? Why are you downhearted? When you know that God's there, don't, don't get disquieted, don't get in trouble. Hope in God. That's a command. 
We need a hope in God. Verse 6. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the um, Hermonites, and that's a, a city or an area, from the hill of Mozar. Mozar? Something like that. I will remember. He could think back to good times with the Lord's business and where the Lord had done things when they crossed over the Jordan River and heard the stories of the Jordan. Uh, those gave him joy. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of the water spouts. All the waves and the billows are gone over me. That's just sorrow and sadness crying out. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night. His song shall ever shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. He's, he's thinking daytime and night. Sometimes you wake up in the night and you're lonely, you can pray. Or prayers come to you in the night or in the daytime. You should have this continually going on, a loving kindness of God that's there as well, that we can catch on to that. I will say unto God, my rock. He's not going to change. He's solid. He's there forever. Why hast thou forgotten me? Begin to think about Jesus again. God hadn't forgotten. This was the plan of salvation that was being worked through. Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Don't mourn because the enemy's doing his job. We should look at hope and ways of lifting our spirits and depending on God and knowing that we'll overcome. There's a time coming when we, we win. At the end of the game, when this life is over, we win. As with the sword in my bones, mine enemy re reproaches uh, while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? His enemies, his, the bad people are saying, huh, where's your God? He's not taking care of you. You're in trouble. How come you're hiding to David? How come you have to hide when you're anointed to be king? Yeah, where's your God? No, you, you can't let them get to you on that one. Next verse is the last one here. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. You have to think of the positive things that are going on in your life and positive things that you know about the Heavenly Father and say, I know where the end is. I know who wins. I know God's going to fix us all up. There's going to be a day of reckoning. We know that that's a true thing, so we can look at those things. The hope thou in God is there in verse 5. We need a hope. Uh, hope is our strength. By knowing, uh, by honoring the Heavenly Father and there's a verse in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. It says, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, 
and only wise God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Positive things to be thinking of, giving honor to the Heavenly Father and to Jesus Christ, of course, our Savior. Uh, Many Christians fail to um, think enough on it. They don't give sufficient honor to the Heavenly Father. They just go on from day to day. Yep, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I'm whatever, and just carry on. They they, They seek their own way. They seek their own pleasure. They seek things for themselves, honor for themselves. No, we need to put God first, right? Scripture teaches us in John 5, 44, how can we believe which receive honor one of another and seek no honor which uh, cometh from God only? Are, are we sitting in that category where um, we are the ones trying to receive honor? Uh, that's, that's a bad move. We should such, which, uh, wish to have only the honor that God sends our ways. Do you remember Jesus saying, <coughs> when you come into the meeting of the believers or church or uh, um, high-ranking church officials come together and you want to sit in the good place up here, you sit over there, you sit there in a favored place, and then somebody higher comes along and says, uh, you need to move down, this one gets that spot. And then you're embarrassed. You shouldn't have gone up there first. Jesus said you should sit in the normal areas and then somebody comes along and says, well, we've got plenty of room up here. We'd like to have you sit up here in an honored chair. That's God giving you honor. That's not you taking it for yourself. We must give God all the glory and the honor that we have done. Anything that we do or have done it's only because God gave us the ability, the brain power, the, the health and well-being, and uh, God gave all of those to us. That's how we attained something in our life and where we went, how, how we did, and what we're doing, what we'd like to be doing. God gives us the ability for that, and, and he needs all the honor and praise for that. He is worthy, the scripture says. Our hope is in God. In time, he will give us honor, do us. Do you remember the stories about the crowns that will be handed out? Oh yeah, there's a time coming when we'll be honored. When you hear Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Oh boy, that'll cover a lot of territory, won't it? We'll be so glad that we hung in there, that we stayed faithful. In Christ's kingdom, when Jesus sits on the throne of David, there'll be honor. There'll be things for us to do that are honorable. A big thing that's tough to um, hang in there on, I guess, on some people, we ought to obey God rather than men, was in Acts 5 and verse 29. When, they were, when the apostles were approached and reproached, about what they were teaching, what they were doing, how they were behaving themselves, and what we, what they were talking about, the things that they taught. Um, the authorities said, oh no, you can't do that. If you're going to do that, that's going to be your death. We're going to punish you for that. Not only with disgrace, but with stones. <laughs> yeah, there's a few that happened to that we know of, Stephen, and so on. Yeah. 
But they spoke back, not rudely, but they said, we ought to, that's just reasonable, we ought to obey God rather than men. Yeah, they were reproached, reproved, rebuked for preaching the gospel of Christ. And yet they stood fast and obeyed God. Millions of people are seeking approval of other people rather than of God. Many people are careless about things about, about the Heavenly Father and what God would want to have. And God's holy day is tithe, their time, their talents. They're, they're, they're just not doing sufficient. They're just careless about it. Just, oh, I forgot, or I you know, didn't pay attention. I don't know where I was at with that, and they just leave it. Well, that um, last word that I, in Psalm uh, 42, verse 4, says, uh, 2, verse 4, the last word was, uh, yeah, the holy day, all in one one word. The holy day is in that uh, Psalm 42, verse 4. Holy day. Well, I looked it up, but I also looked up holy day as two separate words and capitalized. I found one in, uh, in Exodus 35, verse 2. Six days shalt thou shalt work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be unto you an holy day. It shall be unto you a holy day. Oh, something different to think about. A Sabbath of rest to the Lord, all caps. That means Heavenly Father, God. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. Oh, that's serious. God gave a command and you better obey it or it could mean death. In Nehemiah 10.31, it says something similar. If the people of the land bring wares or any victuals on the Sabbath day to sell. Okay, that's why they're there. That we would not buy it of them on the Sabbath day or not on the holy day. Wow, okay. And that we would leave the seventh year and the exaction of every debt. They were thinking ahead, there's special days when this happens, when they cancel debts, that special Sabbath, a special time of a seventh year, special things had to happen. They said, we're not gonna buy from them on those Sabbaths neither. Not just the weekly Sabbath, but not on those other special days neither. Because they're holy days. Interesting, we just think, oh, the Sabbath day and carry on. Or Sabbath, oh, just carry on. This is a holy day. God sanctified it and made it holy. We need to think differently of this holy day, the Sabbath. Isaiah 58 and verse 13 says, If thou wilt turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thine own pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable, thou shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, 
nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Uh, that's interesting. If we go back to thinking of what to do on the Sabbath day, what activities would be good for the Sabbath day? That we should be thinking on what is a, making it a delight or enjoying doing it. Um, one thing we like to do is when we're eating our meals, we have uh, music, Sabbath day type music, good music, and even video that has Bible music on it. And we can really enjoy the Sabbath uh, because that's special music. We only do it on Sabbath. Enjoy it. The Holy Sabbath. Uh, and call it honorable. Or do things that would honor the Sabbath day. That would be great. Uh, and shall honor Him, meaning the Heavenly Father. We should honor the Heavenly Father. Honor the Lord. Not doing our own pleasure. And not finding our own pleasures. Or speaking our own words. Interesting how much we should think of it. So it's just reading about the uh, holy day, uh, other than just uh, the Ten Commandment statement for holy day. So that's the uh, verses from Exodus 35 and verse 2 and Nehemiah 10:31 and Isaiah 58:13 about holy day, referring to the Sabbath, where we should take special care and special precautions of how we handle God's day and uh, things that are holy unto the Lord, such as the tithe and our time and our talents are holy to God. If we hope in God, we must seek to please Him. Um, sometimes that's so easy to say and much, easy, much harder to dwell on and to think on. What does that mean? But I always remember... Uh, uh, Don Nichols, the older man, <laughs> Don C. Nichols, and he'd say uh, in prayers or otherwise, he'd say, I don't want to embarrass my Heavenly Father, embarrass God with my behavior and how he handled situations and places. That's what, what we need to be thinking on too, on that sort of thing. Whatever we do, it should be a blessing to the Heavenly Father. If our hope is in God, we must seek to please him. That being justified by his grace, we should make heirs according to, we will be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Hope again. That's uh, Titus verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 7. Another thought is to praise Jehovah God. Our God, Jehovah God. Uh, from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. That's Psalm 113, verse 3. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the sun, especially on the Sabbath day. Okay, We need to set aside that day. Uh, some people sing a song to start the Sabbath on Friday night when the sun is going down. And when the sun is going down Sabbath afternoon, uh, they sing songs again and have prayer. Um, I think that, uh, remember doing something like that at Springvale Academy, but that means an awful lot of people that went through Springvale do that. <laughs> and uh, other people have uh, picked up on it that they need to be praising God 
at the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun, or at least at the beginning and ending of the day, that would be a pleasure to do, something nice to do. Most believers fail when it comes to praising the Lord. I've already told you about me. My prayers were often, give me, give me, give me. (laughs) And I have to stop myself and think, no, I need a special time when I'm praying. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. And praising him. Those people in that category would neglect, they forget or neglect um, or are simply too busy to make time for praising God. We need to think on, uh, let us make a determined effort in us, in me, and it'll rub off. You know, people will see and understand that we love the Lord and that we like to praise him. Praise God. And the psalmist, uh, David, or the people that wrote songs for David, we should endeavor to praise him continually, is the word that's used. Continually. Wow. Pray without ceasing is New Testament, okay. (laughs) We need the Old Testament too, don't we? God is our hope. And that was in Psalm 34, verse 1. That verse also says like this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's Psalm 34, verse 1. There's also another text that we've already read here, Psalm 42, verse 5. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. Uh, Another one too. Happy is he whose hope is in the Lord, his God. Psalm 146, verse 5. So when we're looking at verses like that, we should get the hint, you might say, that that needs to be our attitude and our way of doing things. Continually praise God. Think of something that would give him praise. When we were getting snow the other day, I thought, you know, we hear so much about the beauty of the snow, and even in the Bible, right? Um, Wonders in the snow, the beauty in the snow. We need to be thankful for the snow and the beauty that is hidden therein. I loved it when I'd go deer hunting in the evergreen trees and you could just scoop a handful of snow off of one of the branches and eat the snow. Uh, (laughs) Beautiful things to have and to praise God for. Enduring to the end. Uh, In Matthew 24, verse 13, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. We would like to be saved and say, I'm saved. Well, there's verses to tell you why you can say that and how you ought to be able to say that, that I'm saved. The Bible also talks about backsliding quite a few places. That's one to stay away from, right? We don't want to fall away from the faith. That's crazy. Once you know better, you ought to stay with it. Endure, endure unto the end, okay? And the same shall be saved. Some believers lack endurance. Seems like they flare up. You know, today was mentioned the uh, 9-11. All of a sudden there's a flare up of people and they start going to churches and uh, they believe or hear somebody say that the end of the world is coming, you know, so they they, uh, go to church for a little while and then it subsides and they forget. They end up throwing up their hands in despair, right? 
Oh, the enemy's arrived. The enemy's on our shore. The fight has been brought over to America now instead of all these foreign countries. Now they despair when they shouldn't. And believers must be faithful always. Uh, I thought of the verse and I wrote just part of it here. Um, and become unfaithful servants. That's a danger. That's really a dangerous thing that's being said right there. How can you be a servant and be unfaithful at the same time? It's like God held out his hand, his strength, his ability to get you back. And even though you're unfaithful, which is going to bring you trouble, but he still deems you as a servant. Well, it's time to turn around, change our ways, right? To become faithful again. In Matthew uh, 25 and verse 30, it says, uh, cast the unprofitable servant out, you know, cast him out, unto outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Because the person knew better, could have done better, should have done better. And then he's standing at the judgment door, judgment seat of God, of Christ. And somebody says, no, you can't come in. Even the five foolish virgins, five wise virgins, but the five foolish came late and the door was locked. Whoops. It's too late. It's too late at that point. We need to be wise ahead of time and to be ready for service. Be faithful servant. We must be steadfast in our faith. Holding fast the faithful word is in Titus chapter 1 verse 9. And another verse, in hope of eternal life which God promised before the world began in Titus 1 verse 2. What I'm finding is some of these verses, like you say, well, Titus is just a small book and you know, you got Timothy and we got this and we got that. And why, why worry about reading Titus? And all of a sudden when you read it, you know, wow. There's a whole sermon right here in a one verse or two. There's a whole sermon here. That's what I'm finding too is we're going through all of these different books of the Bible. You get into Isaiah and you think, oh, Isaiah, okay, he was a prophet way back when and they went into captivity or whatever. He's preaching to the captive people. And, and then you realize verse after verse after verse. I took a stenographer's notepad and trying to keep up while the audio is going on, I'm trying to write in verses, this one and, and this one and this one and one special word from that. And I was looking through them last night and I, wow, what a wonder. In Isaiah, oh, Jeremiah is one of those that are just, oh, no, you don't. Jeremiah is another one that you get in there and you start reading verse after verse after verse and you're, wow, look what's here. This is absolutely amazing. We must be diligent, faithful, enduring unto the end, continually reading and, and re remembering, reminding ourselves to remember. Um, we can be so lost in our own world. But when I was teaching electronics, I loved it so much. And then I realized, you know, every time I teach it, I relearn it myself. So that, that memory goes around one more time in my brain. And I began to love the teaching, really love the teaching. To be a teacher was a real blessing because you keep restoring your memory and you help other people to love what you love. Uh, what, about, what about this? Can we teach others? 
that they might love this book and remember this book and be challenged to go back to this book and to learn about the Heavenly Father. <clears throat> anyway, we must find salvation and get right with God. That's the big thing, isn't it? No matter how much we read from the book of Numbers, okay, uh, we might get discouraged over there. <laughs> it's a good thing to have the CD where he just keeps going with all the names and all the numbers. And uh, But there's as you go along, you all start marveling at how many of this exact same number was here and here and here and here and here. We start finding reasons for wanting that scripture, that text. And then we'll find our faith in the Heavenly Father. We'll find our salvation and get right with the Heavenly Father. Don't be embarrassed with it. Don't uh, stop. We need to repent of our sins. Last couple of sermons I've done, I talked more about that. We need to repent of our sins. And, and often you'll have a, a good man praying to God in front of a whole lot of people and he's apologizing for himself, for his sins, and apologizing for the audience that is listening to him. He's talking to the Heavenly Father. He's apologizing for their lack and their sins. We have faith in Jesus as our Savior, our Lord, and Master. I like to put those three together because there's a responsibility in each one and how we view Jesus, how we do our behaviors and our mannerisms and our prayers. Uh, he's our, our um, um, Savior. Pray and thank Him for being our Savior and what that all means about being our Savior. And our Lord, is He really your Lord? What does that mean? And master, is he a master of our life? After giving our life to Jesus Christ, we must be baptized to wash away our filth, wash away sin, and to rise in newness of life from that water, to rise in newness of life and receive the Holy Spirit. I've got some of these booklets from way back. This is one called, What Must I Do to Be Saved? That big. Now that's not too hard of reading and not too hard of responsibilities, right? What must I do to be saved? We're trying on Wednesday nights to produce more of these little pamphlets. We're going to get them done. We're going to get more and more of these done for duplication. Maybe change some of the wording because we found in, in doing the Steps to Truth that the ones that we were taking it from were way out of date because he said, one day man may go to the moon. Whoops. So they do need to be rewritten. But don't let this opportunity get away from you to have this available to you and to give it out to others and yourself to live by it. May God bless you.